Quarterback Stripe Show podcast. <clears throat> Whoa. Happy New Tuesday. Year. <laughs> Happy <laughs> New Year. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you uh, had a great holiday season. Christmas, the New Year. It's January 2nd, first week of January. You know what that means? It's the uh, Tournament of Champions. And my man, he's back for another season. There he is, folks. Read the line, Mr. Keith Stewart. How are you, sir? Travis, any better be a fairy tale, my friend. I uh, I don't sit well when there's not golf to talk about. So uh, these two weeks, I've enjoyed the family time, but uh, let's rip right into it, man. We got 35 weeks between now and Labor Day to figure this whole thing out. Wow. And uh, I I could not be more excited for all of this because when you think about it, when they finally figure out the framework and everything else, they're going to change everything all over again. So the <laughs> way we have it right now, I think is pretty good. A straight shot between now and Labor Day. Eight signature events. Our first one this week. We've got four majors, which are going to be like explosively huge. And mm -hmm. then you got the Olympics. We're going to throw a gold medal in there too. So uh, let's rock and roll, my friend. Let's do this. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, of course, off the golf course. Um, PGA Tour PIF, they still haven't, you know, completely finalize the uh, skeleton agreement. They've pushed that back. So many um, questions uh, when it comes to professional golf still. Of course, we talked about it a lot on the podcast last year. Kick that around. There'll be plenty of time for that uh, as we get into the season. As you mentioned, yeah. so much professional golf ahead on the PGA Tour. And there's some storylines. It, it was kind of fun. You know, you and I were texting back and forth on some of the things that were on our mind as we started to transition back into thinking about the professional game. And, you know, of course, so many of these guys are here, the tournament of champions. This is the, uh, the previous winners from 2023. And then you also got the top 50 uh, in the FedEx cup. So it's uh, not a full field, but a bigger field than, you know, what historically we've seen at the tournament of champions. And I can't help, but, think about the biggest storyline for me and I you know I'm going to go to the chalk here early but it's Mr. Scheffler because you know you just you just go back to Scotty Scheffler last year and, and you go back to his statistics and you watch him and how dominant he was from a ball striking perspective right I mean from from a driver to his irons his short game is ridiculous I mean it's first first second first and all the major stats when it comes to, to ball striking. And then, of course, his weakness is his putter. His putter held him back. And, and, you know, he let a lot of tournaments go away because he couldn't get the ball in the hole with the flat stick. And so you look at the changes that he made last year with Phil Kenyon, and I'm going to bring in a video here, or, or a photo at Ooh. least, um, that Ooh. I got from Phil Kenyon, one of the best putting coaches out there. And I did a full thing on Scotty. Last year, I don't know if you remember, like towards into the playoffs, I did this oh, yeah. whole podcast on Scotty Scheffler's putting, how he used to putt, and how he's putting now. And I, and I did this like forty-five minute podcast on it, and it was well received. And I just showed, look, here's the difference. Here's when Scotty was putting good, and here's when he wasn't. And <clears throat> so I, I I I said, look, I think Scotty needs to kind of go back into into this direction, clearly, and what he used to do. Well, Scotty hired Phil. And I'll be honest, I, I didn't think they would go down this path right here. I, I, I didn't think these were going to be the changes that Scotty would make. Now, I like the changes. Don't get me wrong. But I thought they would kind of, you know, look at how he used to do things 
and just kind of move the needle that way. These are some wholesale changes here, Keith. When you look at how much more bowed forward he is, when you look at his forearm alignment, when you look at how he's gripping the putter, I mean, these are very, very different things for Scotty. I think uh, it yielded some pretty good results there towards the end of the year, and I'm fascinated to see what's going to transpire into 2024. Because make no mistake, if he's an above-average putter, my prediction was he's going to win six times. So I'll start. That's my storyline. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I got good news for you. Last year, Kapalua was the best putting performance of his year, and he won twice. So he gained almost three strokes with the putter at Kapalua last year. Mm-hmm. What, finished seventh? Um, play sets up perfect for him. You know, at the end of the day, there's basically two major skill sets that you need to perform in order to do well at Kapalua. Um, I'll throw on top of that, you need a little course experience. Mm-hmm. Seems like a great spot for debutantes, but um, really when it comes down to it, the last five winners have gained more than, on average, five strokes against the field with the flat stick. These are the largest greens on tour, yep. approach putting, three-putt avoidance, all of those stats, but really just making a ton of birdies. You know, I mean, no, nobody's crying over John Rahm not being here this year. Two years ago, he finished second. He made 33 birdies in the tournament. Last year, he made 30. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things where you have to be able to convert with the putter. And then the other thing is, is that, in, you know, I was thinking about this and I'm like, why do always like really good players always, especially ball striking wise? I mean, look at the past champions here. You've got guys like Rahm. You've got uh tiger obviously jt multiple times dj uh jordan you know right all these really really world-class players i mean the last 10 years there's only been one winner with pre-tournament odds over 22 to 1 wow. and that's harris english and harris english went on a heater that year right mm-hmm. he was he, yep. and he was only 33 to 1 i mean i think there's three or four winners in the single digits in the last 10 years at least three i can think of off the top of my head so you know, this is a place that really caters to with the train changes and everything that's going on there. And everyone's going to say, well, oh, geez, it's the third longest course on the PGA Tour. Yeah. If you just read the website, you're right. Okay. I totally get it. Par 73. Let's add an extra stroke. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of emphasize length 7,600 yards, almost 7,596. Great. You know, 11 par fours, three par threes, or remove a par three. Those are too short. We need it to be longer, right? Mm-hmm. But this place is, it's up and down. And it, it's its one of those places with 100-yard wide fairways that everybody bombs driver. And they have these collection areas. I thought one of the coolest things they did last year in the coverage was that on 18, they they took drone footage of the ball rolling out after it landed. You remember that? How mm-hmm. cool that was? I, it I was. thought it was pretty cool, right? And the, all of these collection areas off the tee lead us to making it basically a par three contest, an approach contest, of which you're going to need somewhat of a bipolar skill set. There's nine holes, so there's two long par threes, there's those four par fives, and then there's three par fours over 500 yards. Those nine holes are all long iron, got to attack, got to be really good, right around 200, 200 plus. And then of the other nine, eight of them, you're hitting in with a wedge or you're scrambling in and around the green because you could drive it next to the green. So it, it that that sort of skill set, it totally caters to Scotty, 
right? Mm-hmm. When you think about it from a ball striking perspective, we're going to have eight holes where you're using a wedge on approach. We're going to have nine holes where we're trying to reach par fives and two, or we're playing 550 yard par fours, you know, like that's what makes Scotty and guys like Victor and the top of the board, you know, I'm sure his name's going to come up a bunch, but I mean, like, can you think of a better place for Colin? No. Right. And, and look at his track record there. You know, he's a, he's an unbelievable wedge player. And when you put a long iron in his hand, he's really good at that too. He's not super long, but when you give him 50 yards of rollout to the same collection area as Scotty, well, geez, you're giving people a chance. And when I break it down and you look at it, it's tough to get away from Scotty, but I think other people do have a chance based upon what it is they do well and what this place requires. Well, I mean, Morikawa was, you know, what was he, six-shot advantage, yeah. seven-shot advantage going into the final round and, you know, just pewtered it away. Now, of course, John Rahm, who's the defending champion and, of course, not here as yeah. he uh, transitioned to live, but, you know, Morikawa, we know, can get himself – uh, around this this course and then you know i've been watching morikawa and in the work that he's been doing with this short game and of course folks this is what we do here on the pod i know we got some new people yeah. coming in for 2024 but we give you the full gamut here it's not just professional handicapping from my man keith stewart it's professional breakdown of the best players in the world and who they work on and why they work on it and where what the direction of that is heading their overall game and morikawa my man and working with uh Parker McLaughlin, short game chef. I think he's starting to uh, show some signs. Maybe there's a little more stability, a little more consistency um, when it comes to his uh, his putting. I know he's working with uh, Mark Blackburn, who's kind of the the guy now, the uh, new yeah. number one ranked teacher in the game. And uh, Mark's going to be joining us. I've been texting with him over the last uh, week. He's been on the podcast a couple times, and uh, he'll be joining us here in January to uh, talk about not only some of the work he's doing, continued great work that he's doing with Max Homa and some of his other players, but also now uh, Mr. Morikawa. So, you know, look, Colin can get himself around. We know that um, when he goes, we know he's not afraid to win. Um, you know, the other thing I was thinking about oh, uh, going into this, I saw a couple pictures come across. I mean, look at this. I mean, we might, we might need the, we might need the catalog <laughs> this year, the, the uh to, to figure out who the hell these people are i mean does that look like scotty scheffler to you on the left looks like john rom who said john rom left looks like john right. rom looks like, like john the program <laughs> yeah look at jason day i mean just i it, it, there's a few of these guys i'm looking at I'm like oh my god that is scotty scheffler right when there. i saw when i saw that picture of jay day i was like what are we doing i was looking for pleats in his pants i mean i was <sighs> like i don't know Stephen Malbin, you got me, man. You know, it's so you got Scheffler up there. He he's six to one. Uh, Hobbin right. comes in. He hasn't shown much form here. He's nine to one. We just talked about Morikawa. He's twelve to one. He's going to get a lot of play. Then the next guy on the board. You're telling me we're already Ludwig Gaberg <laughs> yeah. at fourteen to one. We're already saying this guy belongs in that class, in that conversation. Already out of the gate, he's he's mixed in with Scheffler, Hovland, Morikawa, Cantley, Shoffley. Of course, uh, where did he get his win? He got his win at uh, RSM. Uh, he was a star at the Ryder Cup. How much uh, how much stock you putting into Ludwig this week? Well, you know, this is definitely one of those courses. It's it's super predictable, and when you look at you know one of the funniest kind of things I remember every year is that when you come to this place, like the number one comp course for Kapalua 
is Augusta National Golf Club. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, these two places couldn't be any more different. It seems like, well, yeah, but when you start to think about the terrain changes and the, you know, oversized greens with a lot of undulation and then a lot of scoring with a wedge and it being a second shot golf course for sure. Well, geez, I mean, that sounds a lot like, you know, Magnolia Lane. So um, I, I think I would like to see somebody like Oberg or some of the other guys we're going to cover have played here before. I think there's what, yeah. 17, you were talking earlier before we came mm -hmm. on, 17 or 18 guys that are uh, rookies for Kapalua. And uh, with the extended field now out to 59 guys and 38 in the top 50 in the official world golf ranking, can a rookie win here? Sure. I mean, a guy like Ludwig could, he has the skill yeah, set to do sure. it. He really does. But um, I, I like the guys that have played here at least once because it does seem like a very unique golf course. Yeah, I agree. It's amazing how how quickly uh, Ludwig has come onto the scene. I mean, I had him on the podcast yeah. his senior year at Texas Tech before he turned pro, and we talked about um, live golf approaching him and and all that. And you know, I just came away from that conversation, and it just you walked away thinking that the professional game in the next stage is not going to be too big for him. It's just not. I mean, his yeah. game is going to transfer. He's one of the best. Uh, drivers in the game um I, I think it'll be interesting to see how elite his iron game can be he 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 seems to check all the boxes with the short game and his putting and the moment doesn't seem too big luke donald put him right into the fire handing himself beautifully um he's already got a win on the pga tour now he comes down into the century tournament of champions first time playing the plantation course and you know i don't think anybody'd be surprised if he just went around there and shot 29 under and won so um it's uh he he's another one of my storyline guys you know just just how good is this guy going to be you know into this full season on the PGA tour hey, you know i'm glad you went there with storylines for a second before we get yeah. too deep into the board because it's the start of the year and there's a couple things we need to talk about and and one of the things that i love i mean everyone loves to speculate who'll win what major do this who's going to have a breakout season but one of my favorite conversations to have and i you're one of my favorite people to converse with is the top 10 in the world ranking there's going to be three or four guys that are going to fall out and there's mm -hmm. going to be three or four guys that jump in is oberg one of those guys that's going to jump in right is more is more going to jump back in right so when i give you these 10 names right who's coming out Right, because you you start. I mean, you get the who's who here. Scotty, Rory, John Rahm. Right, he'll fall a little bit, but you never know yep. what'll happen there. Then you got Victor, the Iceman, Cantley, X Man, Homa, Fitz, Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark. That's your top ten, and people are going to target Clark or Harmon, you know, to fall out. But but maybe does Homa take a step back? And and you know, so before we talk about who's going to jump in, right? Who do you see there? That's gonna that's gonna take a step back this year because they can't yeah. all win. Somebody somebody's so other guys are gonna win that are not in that top ten and they're gonna jump in there. So who here is gonna take a step back this year? Do you think? Well, Rom is obvious. You know he's not gonna get the points, so that's one he's gonna fall. But you know, I I, I on my in my notes I had Wyndham Clark to talk to you about because you oh, right. pounded the drum for Wyndham Clark a lot. You were out in front with Wyndham Clark. Yep. And, of course, Wyndham Clark had a fantastic year. I think he got a little over his skis at the Ryder Cup. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, look, Wyndham Clark took took the the next step. And and we talked about how, you know, he handled his game. And, and really, when you look at when you look at professional golf today and how some of these players will 
you know, gravitate to a teacher and they'll, and, and they'll stay with the teacher and some will jump around, but most of them have a teacher. And Wyndham Clark's had a teacher most of his career. From a technique standpoint, he kind of decided to go on his own. Now, I know from the mental side, he does some good work there. Uh, gosh, it's what's, uh, what's her name? It's, it's, uh, anyway, we'll come back to it. But Wyndham Clark, for, for all intents and purposes, just took a lot of stuff on by himself, you know, just kind of taking more ownership in his game and maybe not leaning as much uh, on his coaches. And that was a look that, you know, I thought that was interesting. Uh, especially in today's era. He handled it beautifully. You know, I think Wyndham Clark kind of grew up a little bit last year. And he yeah. went out, took ownership, and really moved his game forward. Couple wins. Uh, one of the top players in the world. So I'm I'm, I'm interested, can he stay hungry and continue down that path and stay in the top 10? I would tend to think Harmon would probably move out before Wyndham Clark. I'm not ready for Max Homa to come out of there yet. I think Max Homa is still hungry. Right. I think Max Homa game is still improving um it's just a solid game does he do one particular part of the game like exceptionally that much better than everybody else i don't know but it's just it's just solid across the board but i think home is hungry i think he'll continue to stay in the top 10 so for me it's probably Harmon comes out clark maybe and then you know how far will john rom fall all right all right is that, I, is that in I, line? And here's your boy. Look, let me bring him up. Here's your boy right here, Wyndham Clark. I mean, it's, not, it's never been a question about, like, the dude striking. He's one of those guys, man. Like, I've told you this before. Like, when I walk the range, like, you kind of stop. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody's good. Like, you know that. There's, like, guys that you like, whoa, let me hear that again. Like, that, let me hear that no, sound he, again. He's just one of those guys that can just pierce it. No, he, so he flushes cool it. it yeah, it's cool to see him put it more together mentally, take ownership. And so I, let me let me ask you, spin it back. Does does your boy stay in the top 10? Does he stay hungry? Boy, I tell you, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough at that last five. Um, I feel like I'm not so sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hot take. I'm not so sure the X-Man is up for 2024. Okay. I think there's a lot of drama in that camp. And, uh, um, he's not going to be, I mean, he's a perfect example this week of a guy that you'd say, okay, yeah, book him top 10, right? At Kapalua. He's won yep. here before perfect skill set for it and everything, but not a lot of people are talking about it. I wonder why that is. Um, I'm with you on Homa. Uh, if we're doing a little buy sell top 10 for Homa this week at Kapalua, I would buy, sure. uh, he was top 10, what top five last year there. And, uh, I think Max Homa, uh, is like, what, what happened to Scotty at Whistling Straits at the Ryder Cup is going to be similar to what's going to happen to Max Homa in Rome. I mean, it, it, when you think about it, when it comes to Bethpage, Max Homa could be the heart and soul of our Ryder Cup team. And that level of confidence is going to get you a couple more wins. And you think about the golf courses that they play that he's good at. Well, he's he's good at Torrey. He's good here, right? He'll He'll be good at Pebble. He's good at waste management. He's also really good at Genesis. Um, why wouldn't he play well at, you know, he's good at Wells Fargo. So, you know, the big thing for this year is going to be Ken Max build upon his one top 10 in a major that he had last year, first time ever. Can he do something there? Um, Harmon, Clark, I think are going to fall out because I think it's tough to get away from the fact that somebody like a Tom Kim 
or a Jordan Spieth. I mean, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa sitting there. These are the guys sitting in the in the next five. Tom mm-hmm. Kim, Terrell Hatton, Colin Morikawa, Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth. You tell me three of those guys aren't going to win at least this year, if not multiple times, or contend a bunch, right? I mean, it's I. Speeth well, is always speeth is always interesting, right? I mean, he he just yeah. you can't you can't ever wrap your arms completely around speeth. I mean, forget back in August and how the season ended. I mean, that guy was hitting the ball all over the place. His Awful. ball striking was terrible. Um, BMW Tour Championship. I mean, he was what losing is, four what is, strokes with his irons. I mean, it was terrible. His and wife was eight and a half months pregnant, though. Yeah, you I know, know. I, I mean, know. I mean, yeah. his, his world was a mess. And your right. grip on your clubs, like a grip on your world, right? So for sure, yep. And that's baby comes going. out in September. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, there, there, there were some reasons for sure. Now, but here's my concern with Spieth, right? But he, he's always been up and down like that. He joins the policy board, and so another storyline that I had was Rory jumps off, Spieth jumps on. Why in the hell would you want to be on the policy board right now on the PGA tour? I mean, I guess like, Hey, it's a critical time. I get it. And, and I I want to make a difference and I want to protect the PGA tour and I want to try, I think I can save it. And okay. So I get that line of thinking, but my God, I mean, you could see it in Rory's face, how exhausted he was. And I was shocked how good Rory still played and not only being the face out there and taking the bullets, in the media and then being having the carpet ripped out from underneath you by Monahan and team, but he had to have all the conversations with the player in the locker room too. And so that's just a lot to take on. And there's so much uncertainty. I'm happy. Rory is out. I'm happy for one of my storylines that we get to see Rory. And I know he's not playing, but is going into this season to focus on his game and be happy with his game. Now, Spieth is on, I don't know, man, that, that, that's concerning to me that 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 that's got to wear on you, man. Couple young kids. Uh, I'm on the policy board. Oh yeah, my own game. Oh, man, I I don't know, man. I'm glad Spieth's on there because I trust Spieth. I, I think Spieth's intentions are great, <laughs> right? For professional golf, I, I get it. Yeah, but I, man, I'm 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 selfish, man. I love Spieth hitting on all cylinders on the golf course because he's he's must watch TV. You know, it's beast yeah. and contention. He, he's he's must watch TV. So, anyway, it, it uh, that that's a that's an interesting one. But back to your top ten, I think. Um, well, let's go back to Xander. Let's go back to Xander for a second. Sure, because okay. Xander yeah. Xander yeah. Xander is in the field. Yep, sixteen um, uh, plus sixteen hundred this week. Right. He's and one so, of your top five favorites. And so, like Xander, is kind of one of those could be auto bets here. I was shocked to see him right now at sixteen given his, his track record here. Ooh. I thought it'd be better than that. Um, I thought it'd be like down in there 10, 11. I mean, this guy's like, he's an automatic top five, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's, he's a guy that can go here and, and I mean, he played the rest of the year. He was, he was hitting on all cylinders, but the question comes with Xander is where is his head at? There's been some interesting, I think, behavior out of Xander over the last year. I don't think his camp and his dad in particularly uh, is ideal uh, for, for, yeah. for Xander and, and, you know, the decisions maybe that um, need to be made for Xander's best interest in playing great golf. Uh, so I, I have, I've look, I've been raising the flag on Xander one of few over the last year, year and a half. Like, man, I don't, I don't like what's coming out of that camp. I know he is Xander 
in the context of the PGA Tour in professional golf, I don't think he's a great player. I think he's a good player. He's not great. He's not. He's not Scotty. You know, he, he he's he's not Rory, right? He's not Rom. No. Like to me, that's great. He's the, the next down, and and he's he's really good, and and he's got all the skill sets. But Xander continues to come up short. I don't like on, on in in a lot of ways, and I don't like what's necessarily happening with this camp, and particularly his dad kind of managing. Um, you know, a lot of the things that are happening there. So I, I look, I, I share it with you and have the concern for Xander. Is he going to fall out of the top 10? Wow. That'd be, that'd be a fall. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Who, I mean, who else are you going to pick? Yeah, I get it. Harmon and Clark, those are easy ones, you know, but then if, I mean, Harmon careered it last year, let's face it. He, like he careered it. Th- three and a half guys are going to fall out. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, either three or four are going to fall out. So you, you look at the bottom half of it. He's in the bottom half. He's sixth, right? Fitzpatrick's there. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think at the start of this year, like if we took a bet, who would have a better year, Fitzpatrick or Xander, overall? Who would you go? Who would you run with right now? Matthew Fitzpatrick or Xander Schauffele? Yep. <sighs> who would you, I'm going to use a specific word here? Who would you trust January second? To have a better year for the next 35 weeks. Eight signature events. Matt Fitzpatrick or Xander Schauffele? I mean, that's a that's a that's a very good question. Um, I think there's more stability in the Fitzpatrick camp. I think Xander is a much better iron player than Fitzpatrick. Um and so I think that's a that's that's nip and tuck. I'd probably give the edge to Fitzpatrick just because of my concerns that I've seen with Xander. What Xander's last win was uh, July 2022, right at back at the Scottish Open when he went back to back travelers and Scottish. So it's been a while. Um, Fitzpatrick's got the yep. U.S. Open. Xander doesn't have a major championship. I think Xander, all in all, I think is 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 a better player with the edge with the irons. Um, Fitzpatrick's gotten longer. We know his short game is good. We know his putting's good. There's more stability. Hey, I'm, I'd, I'd give the edge to Fitz, I think. Fitz yeah, won last year. Yeah, Heritage, I think right? I'd give the edge. Here's another one for you on those lines. That, that's a good question. Ooh. Who has who has the better year this year, Victor Hoven or Con Morikawa? <laughs> oh. <clears throat> um, I think yeah. you're going to see a lot of pressing out of Morikawa early. Q1. Yes, I okay. think there's going to be. I think that if the if Morikawa was a corporation, their Q1 budget for spend would be very high. I think that you're going to see um, a very very motivated Colin Morikawa this year, and um, Victor Hovland went next level last year. It's another level. Um, so I mean, Victor's considered right now to be one of the best three or four golfers in the world. How are you going to be better than that? I mean, the only thing better than that is to start to be like legendary, right? And we haven't had many of those, right? So you start to stream together a couple of good years like that. And if you're saying like Scotty's going to win six times, I mean, there's only 35 events, right? There's only four majors. There's only eight signature ones. Like those are the ones that these guys are going to be playing in head to head. Um, Oh. If I had to pick yeah. one right now, I pick Hovland. Um, but I think this, you're going to see you're going to see a lot of opportunities 
to go after and to wager on Colin Morikawa here on the West Coast in Q1. Yep. And the lead up to the Masters is going to be, there's going to be a serious push there because the way his game sets up, sets up a lot. It sets up beautifully for a lot of these West Coast um, and uh, Florida, Florida events. And he won the Zozo, right? People forget that. Uh, Morikawa, six of the tour championship, putted like a dog. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I think Hovland's good for a couple wins. What he had three last year, uh, including the last two we saw him. Two and, playoffs and and, a, and the Memorial, yeah. pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah I just think Scheffler the- is just that is just the next gear. You know, if he just puts slightly better than average, he'll. He's going to win five or six times. And then I think, okay, Morikawa's in there or Hoblin's in there a couple times. Um, you know, and then now Morikawa, can he get, yeah, he'll probably get one. Uh, I think, I think, I think you make a good point though on the fact that there's a lot invested early. I mean, because the one yeah. thing you'll say with Morikawa is he has invested in his game. Uh, his, uh, his longtime coach from uh, California, he made the, you know, he, he left him and in the fall went to uh, Mark Blackburn. That was, um, that was surprising, you know, to me that 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 happened. Um, there were some early dividends there uh, with the Zozo, and so how does that transpire um, into the new season? I know he's been working hard in short game. Uh, you know, where's the putter at? Can they find some consistency there? So yeah, there is a lot of investment, a lot of new, and that's fun and exciting. And and I think yeah. the early dividends helps, but how will that play out over? the entire season, I think is another interesting thing to, to take a look at. And, and are there early dividends before Augusta, right? Is it tracking the right way? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap a quick bow on, on Morikawa real quick. Rick Sessinghouse, PGA professional, yep, who yep. is his longtime, longtime coach. A lot of people forget. Yes, he was his swing coach, but he was also his mental coach. So you just wonder if, you know, how, how Colin's going to handle that part going forward. Because Rick was covering both sides, yep. and you know changes happen. It's all good. I mean, the best in the world, Tiger Woods, changed what four or five times. Um, it happens, you know. But at the same time, there was Rick just wasn't the swing coach. So we'll see where that goes. But I think I think we're going to see some really good things out of Morikawa and a lot of pressing early. And you know, it th- this is why la- he finished the year last year, you know, FedEx Cup season in the 30s, and he's in that middle tier. Right. So if we're going to go down there now and everybody loves their statistical analysis of these things, of these events, and they've got programs with which to run models and do all of these things. A couple of names that are are in that 30 range. We've touched yep. on Spieth already, but Haddon and Fleetwood are two guys last year that definitely didn't get across the finish line. And they played big in some big events. Mm-hmm. Right. And they didn't win. And you could say, oh, well, you know, you know, the Canadian Open was bad luck. I mean, Fleetwood should have closed that thing out. It never should have been a 75-foot eagle putt, you know, and a concussion on Adam Hadwin. You know, it, it shouldn't have been that. It shouldn't have gone that far. And Terrell Hatton was there at the players, and he had just a fantastic spring, which is top 10 after top 10. Um, do you feel like in the 30s, are those the types of guys you're looking at? Or is there another name around there that – that kind of catches your fancy. So I'm, I'm talking about Spieth, Fitz, Fleetwood, Finau, Hatton. Um, when we go over to the board here, uh, Sung Jay, there's Rocket Ricky, 
How about in that? How about in that land? Yeah. Well, I think in the in the middle of the board. I mean, I, I I'm with you in the beginning. I'm I'm definitely leaning more up top. You know, sometimes the middle of the board looks really good, and then sometimes it doesn't look that good. And oh yeah, I you know I don't I don't think it's really all that attractive for me. Uh, this week, the middle of the board. I think you bring up a lot of good points. Fleetwood has done everything on the PGA Tour, everything except win. Right, and and who's going to get their first win on the PGA Tour? Tommy Fleetwood or Cameron Young? I mean, that's another question you could ask. Ooh, right. You know, can Cameron yeah. Young um, get it back together uh, into this year? Fowler got motivated, got back in the winner's circle. Where's his head at? new wife, yeah. baby, et cetera, how comfy. I mean, these are the questions I think are interesting. These are human beings. A lot of these guys have been out there a long time. They don't need money. Um, and and so this kind of trip can turn into more of a vacation than I think, you know, it can business. Yeah, can. And so yeah. I look at that middle of the board. I would say if I had to go somewhere in the middle, I'd probably go Hatton at 30. Oh, I walked you right into that. Yep. All I'd right. Probably go Hatton. So, That's my guy. So at 30, you take Terrell Hatton, great skill set for this place, who's never played there before. And at 30, I'm going to take Matt Fitzpatrick. Okay. Who who's a proven winner and who has played there before and also has the skill set for that place. You know, you think about the par five scoring, which is one of the places you have to completely just destroy this place. And with Fitzpatrick's speed off the tee and his scrambling and putting, I mean, he's a par five king. He's top five in the field in par fives. So when you start to think about it, Terrell Hatton hasn't played there before. Yes, great iron player, great putter. I know that's where you're going. You're going with the putter there or whatever, but at 30 right. to one, but Fitz has you compare those too. two, you, you, you compare those two guys, right? One of the things, you know, they talk about New Year's resolutions. Well, you have to make some in betting because you made, we've all made mistakes in previous years, but win equity, I don't know if in 2023, I paid enough attention to win equity. And when you Mm -hmm. go back and you look at who's winning, it's people that have already won for the most part. And a lot of that had to do with the year before we had a lot, we had a ton of first time winners. So yeah, there's recency bias, but man, when you give me Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton and Matt Fitzpatrick. And you say, well, why is Matt Fitzpatrick winning of those English guys? And these other two guys aren't. It's just interesting to me. It's just yeah, something it I is. think about. Keeps me yeah, up because, at night. Yeah, but you would know it's a very, it's a very good point. Cause if you, if you put Fitzpatrick's stats next to Hatton, and yeah. you took the names away and you just looked across the line and, and you looked at like, you know, putting strokes gain putting, and you looked at some of the key stats this week, you know, 150 to 175. Um, you look at wedge play, you look at birdies, you look at opportunity gain, like all these things that are going to factor in. Yep. And Hatton's line is much more impressive. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's it's it is much more impressive than Fitzpatrick, but what Hatton doesn't have is the win equity that Fitzpatrick has. So those that's a yep. really valid point and one that you have to weigh in. And look, you know, and it's Hatton's first time as well, which works against him. And so you bring up a lot of good points there. It's like, okay, do you you sacrifice some of those stats for, okay, he's played here before, he's won here before, um, all of those things. And I think the bigger the bigger discussion on the storyline are these are the guys that are looking for that win, you know, are looking um are are looking for that 
next step in Fleetwood, right? Trying to take yeah. that next step and get the monkey off his back. And I, I think it does Cameron Young start to feel a little bit of that um, this year. So that was a good uh, question. I mean, Fleetwood or Young? Hatton, that, that's a great question. Hatton won. What Hatton won API, right? He did. Yeah. A couple of years yeah, ago, he won it on that, uh, that brutal weekend. Uh, yeah, the 10 under. Yeah. 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 I mean, Hatton, yeah. To be fair, Hatton has definitely won a big event. Um, all credit to him as a PGA Tour winner. But the Fleetwood versus Young, who will win first question is a great one. <laughs> that that would be, I mean, if books yeah. <laughs> if books are listening, and if they aren't, they should be. But if they if they if they were listening, they would throw you would throw that up and you'd get a lot of people to bet that as a future. You know, when you think about it, it's uh, um, so it, I, I'm with you in the middle of the board here. There's a couple names, win equity that stand out. Jordan being one Fitzy being the other, but then, you know, and it's dangerous in this, but we're not going to go on forever here today. I know that as you go further down the board, is there anybody yeah, over 50 to one that um, I'm, will recall ever go away? You no, know, the guys, he won't. He, I mean, he, he was like top five in every event he played in the fall. And, you know, is Eric Cole going to win before Cam Young? I, I don't know. You know, like you, you've got some guys down here, right? In this above 50 to one. Is there anybody there? I mean, in the prop market, we could have some fun with some people here, but is there anybody down there that catches your fancy? Well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a Cameron Davis Homer. So it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you don't have to talk me into sprinkling a little bit on Cam Davis, um, who, you know, had a nice fall. When, when you look back oh, yeah. at it, you know, he was, look, he was sixth at FedEx St. Jude, 40th at BMW, kicked third at Fortinet, seventh at the Triners, 12th at Zozo. I mean, this is a guy, and I and I told you, I told you back in the summer, you know, I I felt like Cam was finding his footing on the PGA Tour. He's another guy that um, let his coach go, and I, I think is kind of doing it more on his own, and yep. perhaps kind of growing up right before our eyes. Excellent driver. I think a uh, Good iron player, I think. Good wedge very, player, yeah. A good wedge player, I think. An improved short game, and and I think uh, someone who's getting more and more comfortable with the, on the greens with his putting too. So, am I going to bet him this week to win on Bermuda? Probably not, but he's a guy that I love and that I think is going to have a good season. I I, I believe that, and I think Cam Davis. Um, Gets back into the winner's circle. His, he won Rocket Mortgage, yeah, back in 2021. And he's just yep. he's just that much better of a player now. He really is. I mean, he's he's his game is going this way. So, gosh, I don't think I'd go below. I don't honestly, honestly, I don't think I'd go below the names that we mentioned in the middle of the board. Not not this week. I just you just can't. You just can't based off of the history of this place. And but Eric Cole is he going away? I don't think he is. I, I don't think he is. I mean, for a guy hitting at 295 off the tee in today's game and to be as good as he was. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that was impressive to me last year. That was a hey, major takeaway. He's loose off the tee, and this place is. is perfect for him. It is, yeah. You know, it's you know, hundred yard wide fairways mm -hmm. in the collection areas where all the balls are gonna roll to. So if he flies at 290 and somebody else flies at 310, they're all gonna be in the same spot. And then it kind of caters to his short game, his putting. Um, you know, I think around the green and scrambling are important here. You know, um, you know, as usual, 
we're usually in lockstep on at least one guy every week. And there's only one guy over 50 to one, although Hideki catches my attention at 55 to one. Um, there's that but, win equity. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's the guy, he, he's the guy who can go nuclear. I mean, folks, remember, you know, the last five winners, the average winning score is 25 under par, right? You know, John Rahm, the last two years made 63 birdies. So, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be that guy that can score. And at 80 to one, I'm interested in the Cam Davis thing. You know, there's a prop out there, low Australian. It's either he or, you know, Jason Day in new clothes. Jason Day's favored. You can get plus money on Cam, four rounds. What's interesting to me about Cam Davis and why the he's probably the only guy down there that I give a chance to is that in the last 20 years, there have been six Australians that have won at Kapalua. But if you go back and you look, the Mark Leishmans of the world, the Adam Scotts, they've always all played well there. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why that is. Well, yep. we've already talked about there being a comp course being Augusta National, right? So Australians have been good there before too. Um, but I also think it comes from the fact that they go home and it's summer down there. Yeah. So they're, they are in practice mode where it's like mid-season form, whereas like Jason Day lives in Ohio. You know, like what's it like there right now? Well, it's, I mean, what's it like in, in, in Jacksonville? Is it even, right. is it even really nice in Jacksonville right now? I could tell you it's I'm not nice really- in New in New York city. Right. But like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think if you're going to look at somebody down there, you, you really want to know what they've been up to. And it's been a bit of a break since RSM and Cam had a great fall. Yep. He, he had to play some professional events in Australia and then he's probably getting himself geared up. The start of his year last year, he was injured. A lot of people were talking about him after a great President's Cup. I think that he is one of those guys that's internally motivated. So I I would not be surprised. Great driver, good wedge player, can get hot, won the rocket. That's a place where you got to go. That's a birdie fest. So um, down at the bottom, that's the type of guy I would be looking at for sure. Matsuyama Uh, hadn't played great here. T31. Or T21, T13, T41 in his uh in his last three. Yeah, Hideki's a name. You know, how can he um can he get can he get back in warm circle? It's been a while uh for, yeah. for Hideki. It's hard to win that we know. All right, so those are some that was good. Some I think some 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 good looks there. I think uh yeah, I think we're in lockstep with Cam. If we had to stretch it to 80, that's one a place that we would go. Um Middle of the board, not overly uh, sexy, and I know you're going to be giving your final picks on read the line, but uh, yeah, you know, where are you going? We it's, it's we, Fitzpatrick Hatton. You know, we kind of kick some in there, and you know, and then you get back up to the top of the board. I, I think I'm gonna, I think I am gonna go with Hovland or Morikawa rather. Obviously, Scheffler yeah. is, is a no brainer at six. I mean, he's a six to one. I don't think I'll bet at a six to one, but he, you hey, know. Could this be his first of six? There's no question in my mind that could be the case. And and I'll probably shy away from Xander and Spieth and Finau, who can't putt it in the ocean right now. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's hey. finish with this because I got, I'll go. All right, go. Because I want to go. Well, I was going to say, I've I got was just... one, guy that's, one guy that's not in the field. Okay. One guy that's not in the field. Do you want to finish up your point on uh, Sentry? Go ahead. Oh, the other thing I'll say is that if, if you want to take Scotty, there are live betting markets. I wouldn't go first round leader with him because he's a great player. He's the type of guy that's going to warm up to an event. But 
third round leader. He's plus 650, you know, top five. He's probably in the plus 150 range, you know, and if you take him, maybe he has a bad first nine holes on Thursday and then he his number gets up above 10 to one. If you hit all of those markets, you can get close to a 20 to one on a guy and take him in some head to heads over the weekend where you can make money. So don't just be totally off the shelf. You're going to have to get creative betting this year, folks. You know, I, you're going to have to do it because um, if Scotty gets that good, um, remember what Rom's number was going into Genesis. It was like zero. So, you know, we're going to have to find a way. And um, Scotty could be that guy. Um, now you're going to talk about some other guy. I'm now you have my interest peaked though, because if he's not in this field, how good could he be? Well, here's a couple. Yeah, right. A couple guys coming into the comments because so, and we'll be going live, folks, every uh, every Tuesday on Twitter. So it's fun to see some of the comments coming in. Of course, we'll be posting it on the Stripe Show podcast, audio and video. Mister Tweet says more Morikawa revenge game? Question mark. Could be. Yeah, but he's got a lot invested, though. You you know he's focused right now coming in uh, to this week. Guy that's not here, there he is. I'm curious. This is my final storyline heading into this year. Ooh, where's our boy JT gonna be? Mm. Been working hard on his game. His dad's not wanna... his coach. His dad's not his coach, but he's my kind. He's still my coach. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Like no one knows. Um, you know, he fired his uh, putting coach John Graham. And I did a big thing on, on JT. I was going back through some of my videos uh, from last year, and I put this up yep. up top there when he was making everything, winning everything, and then on the bottom when he was struggling. And, you know, again, you can see the difference there of, you know, stand, he was standing closer to it, um, a little closer to it, a little different in the neck, forearm alignment, just, you know, how those things kind of influenced that putter head a little differently. I think JT was getting a little inside, a little too much. Um, and then, you know, of course he was working on his swing and, and he posted some of those swings with the, with the pool noodles and all those things. And, yeah. and so I, man, I don't want to say, I don't, cause we saw a better JT towards the end of the year. No question, but yeah. it, how manufactured is it? Right. Because look, these guys can manufacture things. JT is one of the most talented in the world and can get the ball around and still score. And we saw it with Spieth when he was going through his struggles. You would watch him play, and you would swear he shot seven over, and yet he was two under. Um, yeah. And so these guys can manufacture, but can they free it up? Because if if he doesn't free it up, then he's going to continue to fall. And the, the guys are just too good around him. And so I'm my my final storyline. I'll leave you with is what kind of JT are we going to get um, with this year. And uh, what does that putting look like? What does that swing look like? And and how free is it? I think you found the one guy who's more motivated than Morikawa. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I'll leave it at that. I I have um, I I think um, there's going to be a return to some names this year. I think you're going to see some big years out of Spieth, JT, and Morikawa. I, I, I hope think, so. Yeah, I, I think I think Victor is going to continue to ascend which means I think he's going to win a major. Um, and I think that... Uh, um, Scheffler wins six times. Is that... Give me... Is it, how, how high is that? Is that too high? Is that like two or three too high? I mean, golly. Um, two in a major. He, two in a major might you know be he, player of the year. <laughs> you know he hits the ball. You know from tee to green, it's good enough to win six times, right? Like, that's the only reason I'm saying it. <sighs> Okay, so what you're saying, though, is that he's going to hit the ball. So last year, there was only one guy who hit the ball better 
ever statistically. And that was Tiger. And that was the year he broke his leg and didn't play the second half of the year. So you're saying that Scheffler basically for the length of the season had the best ball striking year ever since we've recorded these numbers and he's going to do it again this year. Close to close to with, with major improvements in putting. I mean, remember he was like a hundred and what 70th and strokes gain putting. I know. I mean, I it was absurd what he was giving. He, it was he won the he won the players by five, and he was point oh one positive for putting. So he basically was flat with the putter, and he won the players by five. Okay, so all so, of a sudden, this guy starts making putts. I if if there was a bet for five and a half wins for Scheffler this year, I would definitely take the under. If you put it, if you if you put it at three and a half, man, you definitely have a yeah. conversation for yeah, sure. Six might be bullish. Four seems appropriate. Six is bullish. You know, I might have had. Uh, I might have had. I might. That might have been my second glass of wine when I when I set that out. I don't know. <laughs> well, I got. I got. I got one thing left for you, my friend. Okay. We're out in the islands, so. Yes, sir. A little prop for you today. Yeah. Aloha. How, how happy is Mark? How happy is Mark Rolfing this week? Oh. And next. I mean, this is this is Super Bowl. Hashtag trade wins. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's, and it's, it's even better to be back with you, my friend. There is nothing yes, better sir. than being on a stripe show. Keith Stewart at read the line. Go check it out. We'll be back live next Tuesday for the Sony. Nice.